What's shaking? Welcome back to All In. I'm your host, Rick Jordan. I have a really, really good surprise for you today. A, just a dude who is closer than a brother to me, but even more importantly to everybody else that's listening, he's the School of Wealth podcast host, founder of Fortress Credit Pro and Fortress University, an award-winning TV and radio show host, best-selling author, it's seen on ABC, CBS, CNN, Fox News, and NBC. We actually met each other pitching TV producers. My good, good brother, Rondi Lambeth, welcome. Hey, thank you so much. It's good to be alive, isn't it? It sure is, my man. It sure is. I was looking back. I had to, you guessed it, and you were awesome to help me launch the show almost two years ago. And you were one of the first three episodes <laughs> or five episodes, something like that. And we talked a lot about credit back then, of course. And there's a lot that's happened since then. Yeah, I think you came to my, you did that at my studio, didn't you? Yeah, I, yep. Yeah. yep, you got yeah, it. That's what I thought. It was so yeah. fun, man. And uh, it's been, we've both just grown tremendously since then, just personally and professionally. Yeah. And, and my belly's grown a little bit too. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, uh, you just got off 75 hard too, didn't you? You know, I did. I've done it. Uh, this, that was my fourth time doing 75 hard, completing 75 hard. And then phase one, phase two. And uh, I, I'm going to start up 75 hard again here, probably in a week or two. Um, it, it's pretty challenging. So it's not something that you take lightly. Otherwise you don't, you don't complete it. You just fail. So I'm, I'm working up the mental toughness to start again. That's really what it is. Right? Days. It, 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 it honestly is that yes, physically, you know, about day 45, you start hurting and then you hurt until day 75. <laughs> so, um, and then day but 76 is of the party. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did that a couple times. You, you saw me at one of those uh, moments on day 76, but this, this last time I did not do that and I won't do it this uh, next time. Cause good call. <laughs> yeah, good call. Good call. Good call. My man, we were just talking before, before the show a little bit and I was reading you my credit scores of, you know, across the board from like Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian, you know, 828, 834, 846, you know, it's almost like a perfect 850. I think that was on Experian. And we were talking, because you, you've helped me in the past too, and I've had little blips. I mean, not even something that was really on me is what I got blipped with, but I remember days, you know, meaning like eight, nine years ago to where my score, you know, just launching into the entrepreneurial space, having twins, and my credit score was like 505. Yeah. <laughs> How does that feel having an 846 versus a 505? Oh, Lord. You know, now it's because, you know, even I just got a, a new BMW X7M just three months ago. And walking in because they're looking at, you know, I, I was getting out of a bad, a bad lease, you know, because I, I should have never gotten the Escalade, which I hated, right? And I'm like, no problem. We can do this for you. And they absorbed a lot of the negative equity, which was awesome in the car. But when I walked in, you know, first off, they Googled me, you know, which is what a lot of dealers do now just to see who you are. The, the salespeople are smart that way. But of course, they don't run the even though it's a business lease, they don't run the credit check on you personally until you actually sign the app. You know, and they were saying they're like, you know, we'll, we'll try to push for no money down for you. I'm like, it's not an issue. <laughs> they're like, well, you know, we just have to make sure and everything. So they come calls back and you said how it feels. It's just, you know, that you can get done what you need to get done 
without any hiccups or anything. That's the real difference is that there, you know, you're not going to get anything back at you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that, you know, it's a great feeling to have great credit. It's a horrible feeling to have bad credit. And I've had both and I've helped hundreds of thousands of people just like you go from 400s and 500s to high 700s and high uh, 800s, you know, or, and so it is a great feeling. And it's, I think it's that confidence, you know, that uh, I, my new assistant, or I, I don't know if it's new assistant, but my assistant's 24 years old and him and I work out uh, almost every day together. And uh, just seeing the, the confidence that I have is almost a 50 year old man versus a 24 year old man. Uh, and, and just confidence with women, confidence with money, confidence with people. And he's a very confident guy. He's a, you know, he's a really great guy, but just seeing that difference. And then you take that with the credit score ties in there with the, the confidence of when you go into that car dealership or you sit across from a banker to get a business loan or a mortgage. And it's that confidence that you have that, Hey, I got this, you know, I know they're going to prove me versus which I've had before that lump in your stomach, the lump in your throat. And this, the, what, what, what am I trying to say here on the stomach thing? Like that pain in your stomach, like, please, 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 please go through, you know, and just hoping that they don't see something on your credit and deny you for sure. And you get 24% interest on your car loan. <laughs> yeah. Almost any, when it comes to cars, I'm sure. Would you agree that almost anybody will approve you? Hey, look, if you have a job, uh, for the most part, everybody will approve you. In fact, that's one of the things that I coach a lot of young credit repair owners that want to, you know, build something like I built. And one of the things they always want to do is they want to work with car dealerships. And I tell them, look, it's, it's a complete waste of time to spend any of your efforts trying to market to a car dealership because they can finance anybody. And the worse your credit is, the more the yield spread is and the more money that dealership makes when they sell you that car. So don't focus on working with car dealerships. Instead, work with real estate agents, mortgage brokers, attorneys, et cetera. But yeah, they can finance you anywhere. In fact, I have a friend who created a company called Bar None. You remember Bar None? A long time ago. Yeah. 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 So he sold it for a couple billion dollars <laughs> and then he had a 10 year non-compete and that, that non-compete has expired now. And so he's in business and he figured out that instead of selling someone a car at a buy here, pay here dealership, and you know what I'm talking about, right? He's doing car rentals where you pay 500 bucks a month for six months a total of $3,000. He then applies that as a down payment and he can get everybody approved. Every single person that buys a car, regardless of score, because once you have 20% down, anyone will find, well, the banks will finance anyone with 20% down on a car loan. Yeah. That's incredible. He's got a cool little gig. I'm trying to get my brother uh, into that gig where it's, it's, he's renting the car, which means if you, if you don't make a payment, they can come take it immediately. And the problem that a lot of these car dealerships have and these buy here, pay here deals is 
you got to chase down the car. You got to put GPS trackers on them. You got to repo it, all of that stuff. And there's not a lot you can do legally with exception to sue somebody. And how do you get blood out of a tournament, right? Uh, So what this guy did is he rents you the car. Do you know what it's called if you don't pay rent on a rental car? No, it's theft. Auto theft. (laughs) It's auto theft. It literally is auto theft. And he's like, hey, I I don't have any problems at all with people not paying me because I call them up and say, look, I'm going to call the police. They're going to throw your ass in jail. Cause it's auto theft. If you don't reach, if you don't pay on a rental car, wow. so he's got this whole thing figured out. Yeah. I would stay away from that as a consumer then from that sort of scenario. I mean, that's great for your friend, but I, uh, you well, were it's, t- it's people that it's people that have really bad credit scores. Um, they can't prove income, that kind of thing. Uh, maybe they got stuff going on right now. And so what we're doing together is they get the car, they get into it. He sends them to me. Within three months, we have their credit fixed. Then they can go in and they get actually really good rates on those cars. Yeah, for sure. You were talking about that lump in the stomach a little bit ago. And I remember the only time, I mean, every time I used to apply for anything 10 years ago, there was always that lump. And coming in that scenario in my life to where it was a 500 credit score, it was like I I couldn't get approved for a visa. I mean, anything outside of a secured card from Capital One it was a it was like a glorious day when I got this was coming out of the the being laid off and starting a business, having the five hundred credit score. I was so excited when I got my first credit card again for a five hundred dollar limit you know, and that lump in my stomach was always there, man every time I needed to because I moved a lot of year a lot of times during those years, you know, to get a mortgage or to even say, Hey, can I go rent a house? You know, is that possible from a private lender? Because they always want to see your credit report too, to see if there's anything there. And as an entrepreneur, it's a little more difficult to prove your income too. And I say this uh, almost every single day, uh, bad credit's expensive and it's expensive because everything costs more if you have bad credit and people will try to argue a little bit with me and they'll say, well, I don't have any debt. Your gas still costs more for your car. Well, I don't have a car. Well, your electricity costs more, you know, your groceries cost more, your car insurance costs more, your cell phone costs more. And I'll prove it to you. What are gas prices right now in Chicago? Well, premium. I filled up this morning, three ninety three a gallon. All right, let's round it up to four, four bucks, bucks a gallon. Yep. I'm sure there's some place in Chicago that's four bucks a gallon. If you and I go into the gas station at the exact same time, I fill up my Ferrari with $4 a gallon gas. You fill up your car. What do you have? An Aston, right? I've got an Aston Martin, yep. Yeah, you fill up your Aston with $4 a gallon. You pay with a debit card or cash, it costs you $4 a gallon, right? Because that's the cost of gas. I'm going to pay with my American Express Platinum or my Capital One Venture or my City Chase card or whatever. And it's going to cost me 5% less because I get 5% cash back. So I'm only going to pay $3.80 a gallon versus if you pay with cash, credit or cash, debit card or check, it's going to cost you $4 a gallon. And that's just a very simple uh, illustration or example of how bad credit costs you. Right on. 
my ass intakes racing fuel too, a minimum 95 octane, which is actually $7 a gallon. You know, the BMW is the $4 gallon premium, but I use my, my city Costco card for that because that has 5% back on gas. Right. Yeah. I Costco's a, another one. Exactly. Yeah. Last year, dude, I got an $800 Costco check. <laughs> I know. Just Isn't that crazy? That card, man. <laughs> Just for gas. Yeah. I always get four or $500 a year back from Costco. And I, I, I don't remember when this was, but it was recent. And someone's like, um, I asked, Oh, do you have a Costco membership? Oh no, it's too expensive. I'm like, Ex expensive. What do you mean? They're like, yeah, the membership is like $50 a year. I said, Oh, mine's 110. Cause I, I run my business through it. And they're like, that's outrageous. I'm like, I get like $400, $500 back every year. <laughs> it's not expensive at all. No doubt. You know, but you got to have good credit to get that, that Costco city card. You do. And I remember too, city was pro I think that was, you know, coming out of that stretch of bad credit for me city. I tried for maybe three years in a row and they were one of the toughest to get approved for. Yeah. They, you know, each, each credit card company has different rules. Like chase has a, what's called a five twenty four rule, which means if you've had more than five inquiries in 24 months, they auto deny you. Um, there's all kind of crazy rules that these, these credit card companies have, but they're great. I mean, I did a show yesterday interview and I was talking about last week I was in Cozumel and I went scuba diving, took my girlfriend scuba diving the whole trip in cash for seven days, all inclusive resort, 10 dives a piece and a rental car, first class airfare there and back. Out of pocket was like $52, $53 cash because I redeemed my points. And then in February, I went to the Bahamas. I went scuba diving there. It didn't cost me anything because I redeemed my points. And then in uh, January, I took my family to Costa Rica. That trip was like 30 grand. But again, I redeemed points for that. And it's because I have good enough credit that I get those points. And yes, I mean, it's a little different with you and I, because we have lots of marketing expenses and other business. I pay payroll. 22 of my staff members, I pay with my American Express card and I get points. But even as a consumer, Rick, um, even as a consumer, you can get points enough for one vacation a year, just for, you know, your gas, your groceries, your electricity, the karate, uh, maybe piano lessons or whatever you, your expenses are just put it on a credit card, rack up the points, save it up. And a year later, you got enough for a vacation for you and your wife or you and a girlfriend or whatever. So what is a, a couple of questions coming out of that? Because you said, you, you know, you and I have good credit. What defines good credit? Well, it depends on who you ask. If you ask me what I think good credit is, is 740 or higher. Uh, they used to be like 720. And FICO changed the algorithm, which means the banks changed their underwriting. Uh, so I think it's 740 or higher. Uh, anything above 740, you're going to get the same offers as you would if you had an 850. Uh, in fact, there's many credit card companies that turn you down now because your credit score is too high. And they have figured out that if you have high credit, like you said, one of your scores was 846. Um, that's probably an 846 because that month that reported you didn't use your credit cards that much, or you paid them like I teach paid it by the statement date. So the utilization rate was perfect. Um, 
And so banks have figured out people with really high 800 credit scores, the 830s to 850s, they'll actually turn them down because they're not using their credit cards and that's, they're not using it to where the bank will make any money from it. But to answer your question, 740 or higher is great credit and you can get pretty much anything you want with that. Uh, yes, you can get a mortgage as low as a 580, uh, 620 for agriculture, 580 for VA and um, FHA. And it really changes all the time, but 740 or higher is probably the best is where you want to want to strive to be. The advantage of having that 840 credit score, Rick, is if you do max out a credit card, you have a hundred points of leeway. Yeah. Yeah. You know, versus if you have a 741 and you max out one credit card, uh, you could drop into the 660s, 640s. You know, you can lose a hundred points by maxing out one credit card. For sure. I've seen a little bit just personally too with that too. And my score might fluctuate 40 points, 50 points, something like that. Because most of what I do is through business cards with the exception of my travel expenses, which I'll use a Chase Sapphire Reserve just because of the points that come back on that. And the points are worth so much when I go to redeem them also. But that's a personal card. It's not a, I, I only use it for business, but there's no business version of that card. Yeah. And that's something that'd be really good to clarify. Uh, the IRS does not care whether or not it is a personal credit card or a business credit card when you deduct it on your business. Uh, but they don't care who the co-signer is. And that's all that means. If it's a personal card, then you personally guaranteed it with your social security number versus like American Express Platinum that is used through your business EIN number, not your social security number. So the IRS doesn't care. But if you are using personal credit cards like that, just make sure you are not commingling. You're not getting groceries on that Sapphire card and booking travel because you that's when you get in trouble with the IRS is if you use it for both business and personal. So you can you just need to separate the two of them. And for sure. So where I, where I was at 500 to where I'm at in the 800s now, you know, that took a long process. You know, that was many, many years because you and I didn't know each other. I mean, that's if I just cut to the short of it with that at that time, <laughs> but you know, I even went and repaired a lot of my own and it, it was a grueling process. I remember, you know, what, what's the best way to, you know, if you're going to get a mortgage or something like that, what's the best way to quickly increase your credit score in 90 days? The best way would be to uh, pay your credit cards down, uh, pay them completely off, and then don't spend more than 5% on that credit card the following month. That is the best way to improve credit score is pay down your credit cards, pay them off, and then spend less than 5% the next month. Wow. I could see it. That's got to be tougher, but I would say most America too, you know, because I, if I think back to the Capital One card that, you know, the first credit card I got, that was only a $500 limit. 5% is what? 25 bucks. <laughs> 25 bucks. It's yeah. Netflix card is all that is. Yeah. No kidding. That's a Netflix card. Because uh, FICO wants to see you using your credit cards every single month. In fact, they, they penalize you if you do not use your credit cards. And that's something that I see on a regular basis. In fact, I met with Donald Trump's uh, doctor about 10 days ago. And 
Uh, he's getting ready to buy a house in, in DC. Number one problem that he had, all his credit cards were paid off. And so a, a, a colonel in the Marine Corps referred this guy to me. And so I'm sitting down with the doctor and I'm going through it. And he's, he was Obama's doctor, Clinton's doctor, and then Trump's doctor. And then he's no longer uh, in the White House. He um, is no longer employed there. <laughs> but uh, he's wanted to buy a house. And so this colonel, Marine Corps colonel, referred him over to me. And I'm looking at his credit report. And every single credit card's paid off. Every single one. And he's like, yeah, my mortgage broker told me to pay them off and not use them. I'm like, well, that's why you lost you know, your 50, 60 points that you need. All you got to do is go spend a little bit on it, less than 5%, more than 1%, and your score will be up. So that was about 10 days ago, maybe 11 days ago. So we got another couple of days to find out if that worked or not, which I know it'll work because I already run the simulation on it. And, and it's going to give him his 50, 60 points that he needs. Sure. So for the majority of people, you know, because that's the opposite. If you're going for a mortgage or something, and the best way to bump your credit score up in 90 days is just to pay off or pay down your cards. Yeah. Every 10, uh, every 10 percent that you pay down or pay off on a credit card, you can assume you're going to get about 10 points. Okay. That's a general rule of thumb. I say general because there's over 4,000 different versions of FICO alone. And then you have different scorecards inside of FICO and so many different moving parts that uh, I'm, I'm just doing broad strokes. On average, 10 points for every 10% that you pay down. And then you're going to lose about, like I said, with this, this doctor, about 50 points by paying them all the way off and then not using them again. Wow. Do they actually so show really as inactive important. on your report then? Is that? Uh, no. So what happens is, for example, I have a Capital One credit card that uh, is on my credit right now, $50,000 credit limit. It's been closed since July, 2017. And the reason it was closed in July, 2017 was I work with a lot of celebrities with fixing their credit and helping them with credit. Um, I was the, for two years, I was the credit expert for the NBA, done a lot of work with other athletes. And uh, when I was in Vegas, I worked a lot with the UFC fighters. So I had this celebrity that was trying to buy this multi-million dollar mansion, needed a couple points. So I put him on my credit card and I've done that before for people. And I, I, I did that for you as well. Um, I put you on one of my credit cards and same thing happened with this celebrity. I put him on my credit card. Well, Capital One called my wife at the time and said, Hey, do you know who so-and-so is? She's like, I have no idea. So they thought it was identity theft. And so they closed all of our accounts. How does that come into the story with this? Well, it is still showing open on my credit report almost four years later. Okay. And so what FICO has discovered and what they know after creating billions and billions of scores and predicting the future extremely accurately is credit card companies are notorious of reporting accounts open that haven't been opened in years. Capital One, for example, has been closed for four years, yet it still shows up on my credit report as open. So when you don't use a credit card for more than 90 days, and you'll see it on your credit report. It'll say last payment date or last activity. It'll have a date. If that's more than 90 days ago, 
FICO kicks it out of the algorithm and you don't get credit for that credit card. So let's say it's a $50,000 limit card and you're just not using it. And this is what was happening with this doctor. He had one credit card that he was using all the other nine or 10 of them that he had, he wasn't using. The one he was using only had like a $3,000 credit limit and he was maxing that out every month. But he had $50,000, $60,000 of available credit. But FICO was ignoring the available credit over here on the cards that weren't being used because FICO thinks they're closed. And so when you don't use the cards, it does, you do get penalized for it. So I recommend, I have, I don't know how many credit cards I have. I should probably count them at some point. A couple dozen. Every single one of them is set up on auto payment to automatically pay itself in full every single month. And every single one of them have some type of reoccurring bill, Netflix, my Starbucks obsession, uh, car insurance, cell phone, electricity, water, sewer, gas, trash, renter's insurance, whatever it is. But there's some type of reoccurring bill on every single one of those credit cards. And then those credit cards are set up to auto pay themselves in full every month. So I'm not paying interest. I don't have to worry about late Payments because just like you, I travel a lot. And so I just put all my bills on autopilot and auto pay. Um, but you have to use those cards. Otherwise, they will kick it out of the algorithm and you will not get credit for the credit cards. Yeah. So you're saying there's a recurring bill, not on the same card, but you might have Netflix on one card, Starbucks Correct. on another card, your auto insurance on a third card, just so there's something yes. hitting it every month. Every month, something's hitting it. Like I have a, a $25,000 card that uh, the only thing that's ever really, years and years, the only thing that's ever been on is Netflix. Hmm. That's it. And it's, I don't even know what it, what's Netflix. You're making me think because now. half of my cards have probably have not been used in quite a while. Yeah. And if you don't, so here's the other problem with it. One, FICO kicks it out of the algorithm. So your court, your scores go down. You lose the credit limit. So your utilization rate goes up, which then makes your scores go down even further. When your scores hit a certain point, other credit cards, because they pull your credit every single month, these credit card companies do, uh, your score goes down. They, now they start closing cards, which drives your score even lower. And then on top of that, they'll close them due to inactivity, which then will drive down your score even more. And now um, you, you got 10 to 20 years of that card that is going to show up due closed due to inactivity. And you literally can be denied a credit card in the future because you let a card get closed due to inactivity because they don't want to issue you a credit card if you're not going to use it. They need so the money for the interest. Yeah. And the transactions, right? Yeah, the for interest sure. in the transactions. Yeah. Very interesting. I had, um, so we're talking about multiple cards here too. And there's a myth. I mean, I know what the answer is. I don't know what the right answer is, but there's always this fear because even family members I've spoken with, you know, and the only reason they might open a credit card is to purchase appliances or something like that. And it's a store card, you know, and the appliances are going to cost three grand. So they open a store card, they get their limit is set exactly to what their purchase is, you know, at $3,000. So then you just talked about utilization. Now that card reports 100% utilization, but then as soon as it's paid off, they'll close the card. You know, and I've seen it, you know, a friend the other week who had, uh, 
something hit. It was just like a 90 day missed payment, something that was out there. He didn't even know about, you know, I don't remember, but the only card that this person had was a, a, a chase card with a $13,000 limits. And as soon as that hit their score, chase lowered their limit to like 900 bucks. Yeah. Which then was, drives down your score even further. Yeah. And that was the only card that this individual had too. They didn't have other credit cards to fall back on. You know, so immediately it was like all their spending power was completely cut off. And that was, uh, that was just super rough, man, seeing that dude go through it. Yeah, and it, it is tough. And that's another reason I recommend get as many credit cards as possible. You need at least three. So three credit cards open and used every single month at all times. But you should get as many as you can. There's, there is, uh, so FICO has uh, 40 reason codes of why you don't have an 850 credit score. And one of the 40 codes is too many revolving accounts. And I think I've seen that once or twice in 14 years. And to say I've seen a few credit reports, I mean, my company alone will pull 5,000 credit reports a month uh, for the last 14 years. So we've literally seen hundreds of thousands of credit reports. And I've seen it, like I said, I can only think of one person, which was a personal injury attorney in Colorado Springs, Colorado named Bill Muir. And he had hundreds of thousands of dollars of available credit, maybe even millions. Uh, Cause again, that was so long ago, but he used it for his personal injury business. And then he owned a bunch of rental properties. That was the only time that I remember specifically that I saw a reason code of why he didn't have an 850 credit score because he had too many credit cards, but he was still like 780 or 795 or something. Yeah, that's incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> credit cards are the most important thing to your credit score, period. Bar none, the most important thing. And you said you need at least three. You need at least three. You need to use them every single month and then pay them off in full every month because I don't want you to have I don't want you to pay interest to have good credit. Sometimes it's worth it, but it as a general rule, you, you shouldn't be paying necessarily interest on a credit card just to have good credit. For sure. Yeah. So we've talked about how to increase your score in 90 days if you're going for a mortgage or whatever. What tips do you have to get out of debt? Well, it depends on what kind of debt uh, you have. You know, one of the courses that I have inside of Fortress University is how to pay off a 30-year mortgage in seven to 10 years without changing your lifestyle. So one of the things I teach is how to eliminate 70% of interest on loans. And same thing with like my Ferrari. My Ferrari was a 12-year loan. Um, it'll be paid off here in a few months. And I've had it just over three years. I'm not making a bunch of extra payments. I'm not doing anything crazy. I'm simply changing where my money is deposited. So like as a business owner, I get deposits every single day that money doesn't go into a standard checking account. It goes into a different type, which I call fortress banking. So it goes in a different type of account, which then eliminates 70% of your interest. So, but the, the standard snowball or avalanche program works really well with getting out of debt, which is take your smallest debt, regardless of interest rates, interest rates do not matter. The smallest debt, Make the minimum payments on everything else. 
take all the extra money, put it towards the smallest debt you have until it's paid off. Once it's paid off, all that extra money goes to the next smallest debt. You continue that until your debt is paid off. And then you can do some more advanced stuff like you know, credit card balance transfer checks. Uh, this is a strategy I've used many, many times for my business. Um, I have three different city cards. And what city likes to do is these balance transfer checks. And the balance transfer is they charge you one to 3% to write a check. So like one of the cards is like a $35,000 credit limit. So I could write a check for 35 grand and then I could pay something with it. And then I get 0% interest for six, 12 or 18 months, depending on which box that I checked that I wanted. And so you can do balance transfers. The problem with that is you got to be disciplined. And the reason I like doing the pay the lowest balance first versus the interest rate is technically, if you did the math, Rick, yeah, you should go after the highest interest rate, but you will lose every time and it will end up costing you more, even though the math says that's the way to do it. And the reason why is uh, momentum. See, when you pay the lowest bill first, you gain momentum and it's emotional momentum because now you're chipping away at debt and you're seeing a difference versus if you go after the highest interest rate, you could pay on that card for years and never see a difference. And you still might have so another then, nine, 10 cards hanging out there. Yeah. 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 You know, for yeah. in the momentum and people can see this with weight gain and weight loss um, back in November, I was down to like 217 pounds. I mean, I was really, really fit. And then um, I got bit by a tick in January. And as you know, I struggled with Lyme disease for five years in and out of the hospital. Uh, I ballooned up, got huge after a year of antibiotics. Well, I got bit by this tick after being cured from Lyme disease. So the last thing I wanted to do was get sick again. And so I did a 90 day run of doxycycline, which is a really powerful um, antibiotic. Even though I was doing 75 hard, which is no alcohol, gallon of water, two workouts a day, a clean diet, even though I'm exercising like a madman, I'm eating perfect, um, I'm gaining weight every single day. And when I said earlier that I'm a little bigger, my belly's a little bit bigger, it's because I gained like 30 pounds in 90 days all because this damn um, antibiotic and how that ties into this is it was very difficult to continue doing 75 hard, seeing myself in the mirror, getting bigger every day versus going the opposite way. And it's the same thing with your credit card debt and other debt. If you go after the high interest rate, you don't get those wins and you need the wins by paying off the small bills to get that momentum so you can continue to go and it keeps encouraging you. So that way, when your friends ask you to go out to dinner or go on vacation or go out to a ball game and it's not in your budget, you're like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that because I'm going to lose. Where if you're just going after the high interest rate, you potentially could just say, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to be in debt the rest of my life. I'm a, everybody else is in debt. I'm going to stay in debt and you just kind of give up. So that's the best way is to go after the smallest one. And then on top of that, um, what I like to teach inside of Fortress University is how to, another thing I like to teach is how to legally pay 
little to no income tax. And I know I, I've kind of helped you a little bit with that, like that, like that uh, amazing coffee maker you have at the business, right? <laughs> Which is a, a write-off for the business. That $5,000 Jura, yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, but taxes are our biggest expense in life. And so you asked me, what's the best way to get out of debt? Start with paying off the smallest balances. But number two, if you don't have a business yet, start a home-based business and stop paying so much damn, so many damn taxes. It, it, most of my clients, I show them how to reduce their tax burden by 70%. So if you're an average person making a hundred grand a year, instead of paying $30,000 in taxes, I take it down to say six or seven, that's $23,000 extra you can put towards your debt. So I think that way it starts compounding. You get some really big wins that way. So start a home-based business, start getting some write-offs, um, do some other things in there that you and I have talked about, like putting your kids on payroll, buying cars, getting clothes, putting, renting out parts of your house, things that you don't, things that you don't write off as an employee that you cannot write off as employee. Almost anything can be written off as a business owner. So uh, I think that's probably the best way. Go after the small debt, reduce your taxes, put the extra towards the debt. That's perfect. Coming out of this year, you know, there's, there's a lot of financial hurt. And, you know, the, out of 2020, the, now I just saw in the paper the other day, in the paper, meaning the, the, the Wall Street Journal, digitally, the, the digital paper, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm thinking back, I used to grab that thing, right? But no, I, I get my morning recap from the Wall Street Journal every single morning, and that's what I read while I'm eating breakfast. And, you know, Texas now is... Uh, stopping the state is stopping enforcement of the federal ban on evictions you know the federal deferment on evictions which means people are going to start losing their homes you know very soon you know they're getting back to normalcy but you know sometimes most people might see the only way out is bankruptcy how do you survive something like bankruptcy you know that's a really good question i don't think anyone's ever asked me how do you survive bankruptcy i don't think so uh yeah, I've, I've gone through two bankruptcies. The first time I was 20 something years old, uh, I was a garbage man at the time trying to get hired at the fire department. And I, I just didn't know any better. Somebody was talking about how they wiped out their debt. And I'm like, Hey, I got 30 grand in debt. I, how this work? He's like, you pay a thousand bucks and it's gone. I'm like, sign me up. My second bankruptcy wasn't so clean and easy. It was millions of dollars of debt and it all got started with some employees uh, doing some stuff they shouldn't be doing. And then I ended up getting sued as the, the employer. But here's the thing, especially as an entrepreneur, if you haven't filed bankruptcy at least once, uh, I don't think you're trying hard enough. You know, it's just kind of like that, that badge of honor, right? The rite of passage. That doesn't mean you have to file bankruptcy, but it's just kind of a joke. But bankruptcy is not the end of the world. It's really not that big of a deal. Um, in fact, most of the time when you file bankruptcy, your credit score goes up. And as long as you know somebody like me, it's really not that big of a deal. I've deleted bankruptcies as little as 21 days after the discharge. 21 days, three weeks. File bankruptcy, discharge, three weeks later, it's gone no longer to be ever seen on the credit report. 
Now, that doesn't mean that you don't have to notify potential creditors that you filed bankruptcy, but it's not on the credit report. And I used to do these seminars when I had my radio show in San Diego. I, I did Your Credit Matters. It was six days a week on 42 different stations. And every month I would do a credit education seminar. And I would always pull up my credit report and it would show the scores. And I'd pull it right then and there in front of everybody. And it would spin and then they'd see the new scores. And I'd always ask, which of the three scores that you see, one does not have a bankruptcy on it. Which one is it? And they'd always go for the highest score because they think, Bankruptcy is going to affect the credit score. And it was really a trick question. Bankruptcies, when reported on a credit report, can actually increase your credit score if you have what's called a thin credit file. A thin credit file is a very, it doesn't have very many pages. Okay. So you and I probably have 60, 70 pages. So we have a thick credit file because we've had credit for so long. But when you, when you have a thin file because you file bankruptcy and everything fell off and the only thing left on there, the oldest account is a bankruptcy that can actually improve your credit score a little bit. And think about it this way. Your bankruptcy is roughly 50 points, 50. Remember maxing out that credit card could be a hundred. Filing bankruptcy is about 50. And every year that goes by. So on your year anniversary, every year for your bankruptcy, your score is going to go up about five points. After two years, there's not a lot you can't get with, even with a bankruptcy on your credit report, you can still get a mortgage. You can still get credit cards. You can still get business loans. You can still get car loans. Uh, the only thing I've found that you can't get is like airplane loans motorcycle or um, RV loans, things that are kind of uh, luxurious, if you will, you know, a $200,000 ski boat, half million dollar RV, couple million dollar jet. You, you're not going to get it if you have a bankruptcy, but that's about it, Rick. And so to recover from bankruptcy, again, you need three credit cards open and used every single month, get a car loan, uh, the problem with bankruptcy code now is you cannot reaffirm any of your debt. So if you do keep your cars, uh, you're not reaffirming it, which means it's kind of like a rental. So even though you're making that payment, they're never going to report that payment on your credit. And so you need a car loan on your credit uh, in order to have great credit. You need three credit cards, you need a car loan, and you need a mortgage to have a perfect credit combination. You can have a 800 credit score without a mortgage. You cannot have an 800 credit score without credit cards. So in order to recover from the bankruptcy, you get three credit cards, which you can get at my website, rondylambit.com. I have seven credit cards on there, guaranteed to give them to you. Uh, they are secured credit cards, but FICO doesn't care if they're secured or not. And then you get a car loan. Well, how do you get a car loan if you just file bankruptcy? Maybe you don't want to go into debt. It's really simple. Uh, you take your car, you go into your local bank, and let's say it's a $10,000 car with no loan on it. You just tell the bank, hey, I want to, I, I want to do something to improve my credit. Will you guys give me a loan on this car, say $5,000? And most banks will do it. You know, 50% equity. You give them the title, they give you 5,000 in cash. Now you have a loan reporting for the next four or five years on your credit report. 
and you got five grand in cash, but you're like, I don't want to pay interest. I don't either. So the following month, you write a check for $4,500 and you pay down the loan to 500 bucks. And then you pay $10 a month for the next four years. And what that does is you get four years within one month, you'll get almost four years of payment history. Because remember, you made that large payment, 4,500 bucks. You're only paying interest on 500, but you have to pay interest in order to have good credit after filing bankruptcy. And worst case scenario, you need to sell the car. You pay off the $500 to give you the title and then you sell it. So that's a way to recover from bankruptcy. It's really not that scary. Uh, I used to recommend bankruptcy all the time to people when I did the radio show. And now I'm, I'm a little bit more cautious with that because now I understand how debt settlement works. About four years ago, I got into the debt settlement world and we've, we've eliminated over $50 million of student loan debt and credit card debt. Now that I have a lot of experience settling this debt, um, I rarely recommend bankruptcy anymore because you, you can work out insane deals with these banks uh, to settle the debt. And if you're not getting sued, there's there's no reason to get to apply your bankruptcy get out of jail card uh, over you know say less than a hundred thousand dollars of debt. So sometimes it makes sense, but if you do file bankruptcy, it's not the end of the world. Just give my office a call and we'll start cleaning it up for you and do the education, show you how to improve your scores. You can be right back up into the 700s with a bankruptcy on your credit report. You can be 750s with a bankruptcy on your credit report. Wow. Now it doesn't sound so scary. <laughs> it's not. And that's why it's just, it's not that big of a deal. That's awesome. Fortress University. Now, Is that Fortress, Fortress Uni University? I will say this, Rick. If you do not do what I just said and you file bankruptcy, you are going to have horrible credit for the next seven to 10 years. And no one will loan you anything if you don't get the credit cards, do the car loan, manage the credit cards properly, et cetera. And the other thing with filing bankruptcy, uh, I had a, a program for a long time called 90, 90 and 90. And uh, it was 90 and 90.com. And, and it represented 90% of your bad credit would be fixed in 90 days or less if you file bankruptcy within 90 days of filing bankruptcy. Fixing and removing accounts that you file bankruptcy on is probably the easiest thing to remove from a credit report. Um, very, very easy. In fact, in our 90-90 program, it was 90% deleted in 90 days after filing your bankruptcy. Otherwise, you don't pay us anything. Is how good we were at getting these items deleted. Uh, super easy. And then all you got left is, is the bankruptcy. And like I said, it's about 50 points. Not a big deal. I love in your credit repair business that you have, it's, it's paid on performance. I know we've talked about that before. There's nothing up front really that you've ever charged. It just uh, when you were doing that, cause you're not doing that type of work. Now it's more education, right? And how to. We're, we're doing both. You know, we're always going to do paid on performance because like I said, I get a lot of celebrities and you know, guys that uh, you know who I'm talking about, bought a $65 million jet does these big seminars. Uh, you know, guys like that hire me because their bookkeeper forgets to make a, an annual payment. Like the guy that you were talking about, thought he closed a credit card, didn't close it, didn't use it, forgot to make the annual payment, the annual fee, which was 40 bucks. And it was like $5 minimum payment and didn't make it. 
right? And so they need me to clean it up. So we're always going to do the paper delete for guys like that. Uh, but really, our model now is Fortress University, which is 25 different education courses. All of my students get free credit repair. So you pay a one-time $2,000 admission to Fortress University, lifetime access to the education, lifetime credit repair as well. Um, and anytime you or your family member needs something fixed on your credit, you simply call us and we go in there and we clean it up for you. No, no charge whatsoever. On the paid on performance side is pretty straightforward. It's, um, it's $375 per account that we delete from your credit report. So if you got a bankruptcy, I delete it's 375 bucks after it gets deleted. Nothing up front. That's incredible, man. I, everybody needs to hear this and we're going to promote this out and push this out heavily because it's a, this year was rough for a lot of people, man. You know, and uh, I know coming through some of it, you know, even in business like we are, you know, as soon as the pandemic hit, you know, for us, it was, can we keep people employed? You know, through this, that was the first thing. And that, but for our team, it was, oh, am I going to have a job? You know, it's, it's the same type of fear, but then I'm, I know because it, talking with family that there was a lot of credit card spending, you know, before the extra unemployment benefits kicked in and people are thinking, oh, now I'm in debt for the rest of my life. And it's just that big, heavy weight that's over them now. Yeah. You know, I got a, I got a call after this with a girl. She's a young lady. She's 26, 27 years old, uh, reached out to me and, um, she wants to file bankruptcy. And so I pulled her credit. She's got like $18,000 worth of, um, credit card debt all from last year. She's freaking out Rick because she's never had debt before. And I mean, I'll spend $18,000 in a day. So it's, it's not a big deal. You know, for me, it's like, oh, that's, that's like one day. But for her, it is a huge deal. It's a big, scary $18,000 bill. And so I'm going to do a little coaching with her and counseling and just, you know, reassure, her, hey, it's fine. It, it's no big deal. This is how we're going to come up with a plan and, 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 and fix it. And with COVID, I can tell you this. Yesterday, I was on Experience website and I found a, a hidden page, if you will, and it talks about the CARES Act. And a lot of the CARES Act I knew about. And so I was getting ready to do a podcast and I wanted to read up on the CARES Act. And I found this little clause at the very bottom of the page. And I'm going to let you and your listeners in on a, an insider secret that a lot of people don't know. And I, I didn't know about it until yesterday. Inside the CARES Act, it says that if the bank does accommodation of any kind, such as late fee re reversal, so if you have a late fee and they reverse it, that's an accommodation. If they let you skip a payment, that's accommodation. If they lower the interest rate, if they do any type of altering the original contract, they must report it as a positive trade line, regardless if you miss payments or not. So how does that work? As of February 1st, 2020, if you missed any payments on any type of loan, 
and you call the bank and you ask them to discount anything, there is no dollar amount. If they make any accommodation to you whatsoever, they legally now have to change it from a negative status to a positive status. The other thing they have to do is if you miss payments and they didn't make an accommodation, but you caught up your payments, they have to change all of the past payments to positive. This has never happened before. In, in 52 years of credit reporting, this has never been part of the Fair Credit Report Act, and it's now in there. So it's good news for people that uh, maxed out credit cards, got fell behind on bills. It, it's light at the end of the tunnel if you take care of it yourself or you know somebody like me that knows how to take care of it. So it's some positive, um, positive news for people out there that are hurting that are worried about their credit. Don't worry about it. We can take care of it later. Awesome. So it's rondylambeth.com. Is there a, can you get to Fortress University from that? You can. Yeah, you can get to Fortress University by clicking on courses or pro, I think it says products. Uh, but fortressuniversity.com as well, rondylambeth.com. Uh, if you go to Google and just type in Rondy, you're going to find me all over the place. <laughs> That's awesome. And go follow yeah. him on Instagram too, Rondy Lambeth, at Rondy Lambeth. Yep. R-O-N-D-I. My man, so good talking to you. I think we hit pretty much almost everything on the list that I had today. Okay, and cool. I appreciate you. Thank you. And uh, everybody listening, this is something that you need, to, you need to take note of because this was just phenomenal information to get back on the right track. I was there. Rondy was there yeah. years ago too. And now the future's bright, right? Yeah, the future's bright. There's nothing, and I tell people this, look, bad credit's a choice. Uh, because you can get it cleaned up and fixed anytime you make the choice that you want to start cleaning it up. It's not a magic wand. I'd be richer than Jeff Bezos right now if I had a magic wand to fix it. Uh, it can take time. Yes, I said it takes 90 to, you know, three to six months. Uh, three to six months is a long time if you're trying to buy a house tomorrow. So I recommend if you want to buy a house, you start three to six months early. Um, otherwise, you're going to have bad credit for seven to 10 years. So just don't get discouraged. It, it can everything on a credit report can be removed from a credit report because it was placed on it in the first place. So it's not that big of a deal. So if I can help you, just reach out. Love it. Thanks, brother. What's shaking? Thank you for joining me on the All In Podcast. Click the subscribe button and smash that bell for notifications. Text me 312-535-8520. Follow me on social media at Mr. Rick Jordan. See you next episode. I am Rick Jordan, and I approve this message.